0: We are finishing up our series on No More Camouflage, A Call to a Life of Holiness. And for the last couple of weeks, Stuart has helped us understand what holiness is and why we are called to live a life of holiness. Today, we will focus on exactly how to do that, how to live a life of holiness. Remember that a life of holiness means to be devoted or set apart dedicated, consecrated to God, different or special. With that in mind, let's go to scripture because scripture delineates very clearly for us a a list of how-tos. I'll ask that you get the Bible out of the pew rack in front of you and follow along as I read. Stand as you are able, please, for the reading of God's holy word. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 22. But we appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and have charge of you in the Lord and admonish you. Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, beloved, to admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, Help the weak, be patient with all of them. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Well, our text this morning clearly lists how we can live a life of holiness. We are to respect spiritual leadership. We are to immerse ourselves in fellowship and study with other believers. We are to nurture a lifestyle of gratitude. And finally, we are to be open to the Holy Spirit within us. And it's that final place where I'd like to focus today. You see, we have access to incredible power, authority, peace, guidance, direction, and conviction through the Spirit of Christ within us. However, I have found that many Christians are very hesitant to access the Holy Spirit power from within. So, through this morning's message, I hope to squelch some of that hesitancy I want to begin by sharing with you some very good news. When we rely on the Holy Spirit and pursue a life of holiness, it is a guarantee that we will experience joy. We will experience God's peace, his contentment, and true freedom. You heard it right, true freedom 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18 says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is Spirit. So, as we move forward this morning, let me encourage you. Rather than thinking about this holy living or a life of holiness as as a legalistic existence all about following the rules, think about it simply as a spirit-filled existence, a Holy Spirit-empowered experience. You see, that's where I believe the freedom comes in. It doesn't dilute our faith and the way we live out our faith in action. In fact, the Holy Spirit's power within us actually strengthens our ability to remove that camo and to live a life rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. Now we know that there are many ways we refer to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our guide, our comforter, our advocate, our counselor, our teacher, our sustainer. Just this, this week, I heard the Holy Spirit referred to as the great reminder. Bottom line, the Holy Spirit is truly Christ Jesus himself in us. Now, I want you to understand up front that you and I can't live a life of holiness on our own. It's just not possible. Naturally, there are choices that we will make. There are priorities that we will set. But it is only when we open ourselves up to the power of the Holy Spirit working within us that we are able to move forward on this life journey of transformation. So as you listen this morning, do your best just to open up to what God may have to say to you open up to the holy spirit's presence with us now that this type of focus of holy spirit living or holy spirit power is exactly what our founder in united methodism john wesley referred to as going on toward christian perfection you need to understand that this idea of perfection or sanctification or holiness are all synonymous terms. They all mean the same thing. The sanctification process, or in other words, the ways in which we are moving on toward Christian perfection, happens in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. It happens from the moment we profess Jesus Christ as our Savior throughout the rest Of our lives. So moving on toward perfection or a life in the Spirit or holy living can be deemed as a continual process. You know, God doesn't want us to be stagnant. It says in Scripture, God doesn't want us to be lukewarm. We need to be continually moving, being transformed closer to the image and likeness of God. So it is a continual process of being made perfect in love through God and one another and removing our desire to sin. This is the freedom that comes when we allow the Holy Spirit to work within us. Now, rest assured, this, this term perfection does not mean perfect. It does not mean flawless or without mistakes. In fact, the Greek word for perfection in this, in this case means completion, whole, or maturity. I want to be moving more toward maturity in Christ, don't you? All of us should be moving on toward perfection, Each one of us United Methodist ministers during our ordination ceremony have to answer a lot of questions. And one of those questions, one of those vows is this. Are you moving on toward perfection in this life? Now I could wholeheartedly answer yes, because it's not anything about me. It's not that I will be without mistakes. But it is that I am with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength doing my best to move on to completion or maturity, wholeness in Jesus Christ. That is my prayer for each one of us as we walk this journey of life. Now, Wesley's three simple rules help with this in a basic way of holy living. Some of you remember... John Wesley encouraged us to do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. Now, I want to focus in on that third one, because our relationship with God is the crux for our journey toward Christian perfection. Father Pedro Arupo said this, Nothing is more practical than finding God and falling in love with God. What you are in love with, what seizes your imagination will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of the bed in in the morning, what you do with your evenings, how you spend your weekends, what you read, whom you know, what breaks your heart, and what amazes you with joy and gratitude. That's what I call a life of holiness. Fall in love with God. Stay in love with God. And Father Arupe says, it will decide everything. I believe falling in love with God, staying in love with God, requires steadfast faith, genuine, unabashed faith, fully relying on the Holy Spirit within us. Because when we can live out of that place of what I call groundedness, it will produce not only outward holiness, but inward holiness. One of the professors at Asbury Seminary, Dr. Anderson, puts it this way. The Christian life of faith always, always holds out the potential of ever-increasing likeness to Christ in love through the gracious indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So to put it very simply, living a life of holiness is all about having faith that God's grace truly is at work within us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now one of the main obstacles to our living a holy life is our fully accepting that power and authority that God gives us that power and authority that is is available to us we know that there's nothing we can do to earn god's grace but as we open up more and more to receive that unmerited favor we gain confidence we gain strength the endurance the power and the authority to live the life that god wills for us we were created in the image and likeness of God. And as we increasingly rely on the Holy Spirit's guidance, we more easily and more readily reflect the love and light of Christ. We are his mirrors. So more than ever before, you know this, the need of the world is that we claim fully the authority and power that we have through the Spirit and that we then live boldly, confidently, lovingly as Christ's image bearers. It truly is time to leave the camo aside and be fully who we are, images, image bearers of Jesus Christ. Now, throughout the years, many of you have have asked me how I hear from God or how I follow the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction day by day. And I wish I could tell you it was a quick and easy one, two, three and just give you a list. But living a life of holiness doesn't work that way. Instead, it is truly a journey of transformation. It's a day-to-day process, I believe, of strict intentionality of being in God's presence and seeking his guidance. The more time we spend in communion with God, the more we become familiar with God's spirit within us, the more plugged in and in tune we become, and the more we are able to identify God's voice, God's will, his purpose, his guidance, and his direction. You've heard it said that we are vessels or containers through which God's power and love and authority, light, flow. So think for a moment of yourself as a conduit, a channel, perhaps even a funnel, through which the living water of Christ flows. In order for, to have that water flow clearly and freely, several things are necessary. I want to give you three. The first one is this. We need to connect to the source. Connect to the source. As we pray, as we study the scriptures, as we participate in short or long-term periods of fasting, as we share in fellowship and study with other believers, as we deepen our knowledge of God and our love for God, we are connecting to the source as we seek God's presence, as we intentionally deepen that relationship, our inner thoughts and motives, as well as the external actions and behavior, are aligned with God's will for our lives. As a result, our lives will testify to our union with God. You know those people who, just by being around them, you know that they are grounded, rooted in Jesus Christ. They have that aura about them. That's because they are open to the Holy Spirit's work within them. That's what removing the camo is all about. And I believe it begins with our personal spiritual disciplines. For me, one of the most important and necessary things in my spiritual life is my morning quiet time. The strengthening and deepening of my relationship with God has occurred through this sacred time together. And over the past couple years, I've been learning a great deal about a spiritual practice called centering prayer. And I've found it very helpful in connecting to the source. And it helps me truly hear and sense the Holy Spirit's guidance in my life. Thomas Keating is one of the theologians who has taught a great deal about the practice of centering prayer. And he says this the way of pure faith, that's what I would call the genuine faith, the steadfast faith, the way of pure faith is to persevere in spiritual practice without worrying about where we are on the journey, without comparing ourselves with others or judging others' gifts as better than ours. We can be spared all of this nonsense, he says, if we surrender ourselves to the divine within. In pure faith, the results are often hidden, even from those who are growing the most. The divine light of faith is totally available in the degree that we consent and surrender ourselves to the divine presence, to the divine action, the Holy Spirit within. So for me, this type of prayer, this basking in God's presence, this fully surrendering and giving God consent to fully inhabit the very depths of my being has really led to a much deeper dependence on the Holy Spirit. I've learned how to absorb more and more Of God's presence and how to assimilate that into my daily life. A closeness in relationship has developed and it's due to just showing up, especially on the days where I don't feel a connection, especially on the days when I don't feel like studying or I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like sitting. That's when it matters most. It's an obedience that I have fostered, and it has fostered a depth and a richness. I've simply been a willing vessel. It's nothing that I've done on my own. But as I continue to learn how to open up to the Holy Spirit, God continues his work of transformation. This intentional time with God really lays the foundation for my entire day. And it helps me to open up to the ways God is revealing God's self and the way I can see and feel and hear the divine around me. Secondly, we are called to surrender or die to self. I call that in my life getting out of the way. If I get self out of the way... I used to think it was such a sign of weakness to surrender to God's will for my life. And I have discovered that it is the biggest source of strength. And that's where the freedom, the joy, the peace, the contentment comes in. Some of you are familiar with Oswald Chambers, a theologian who wrote um, My Utmost for His Highest. He talks about the sanctification process, and I want to share a bit about this surrendering. He says, Am I willing to be myself and nothing more? Am I willing to reduce myself down to simply me? Am I determined enough to strip myself of all that my friends think of me and all that I think of myself? Am I willing and determined to hand over my simple naked self to God? That's what surrender, that's what dying to self is all about. And, you know, it's a promise. If we keep reading in 1 Thessalonians 5, following the verses we read earlier, it reads, May the God of peace sanctify you entirely. May your spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the guarantee. Here's the promise. The one who calls you is faithful. And he will do this. See, if we give God just a bit of ourselves, if we surrender and open up just a bit more, to his powerful spirit. He's going to do a good work in us. It's a promise. And he will continue to stir up and do that good work in us until that day when Christ Jesus comes back, when Christ returns. When we surrender, when we die to ourselves, when we get out w- ourselves out of the way, our own obstacles within us, or if we think back to that vessel or that pipe, that funnel, the obstacles that are there will be eliminated. And the Holy Spirit, that living water of Christ, will be able to flow in and through us more readily. Thirdly, I encourage you to long for more. Live with this yearning, a desire for a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. Express that desire to God and ask that God reveal more of God's self to you. One of my favorite verses from the Psalms is Psalm 37 for, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now I want you to understand the Hebrew meaning of the word desire in that context means lean into. I think that gives us such a beautiful visual image. Delight in the Lord. Lean into God. As as we desire to be in closer communion with him, we've got to lean in. And it's when we we spend time in prayer when we're seeking his presence when we're studying the scriptures worshiping, uh, fellowshipping with other brothers and sisters in Christ that's when we deepen our knowledge of God our love for God and for others so I encourage you more than anything to lean in more deeply fully rely on God our Father one of the songs that is popular today just really expresses it well how we are called to lean into him it says there's nothing worth more that will ever come close nothing can compare you're my living hope your presence Lord I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone It's in your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place. Fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. So connect with the source. Surrender and die to self. Long for more. Honor the Lord in all that you do. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Open up to the Holy Spirit within and develop those spiritual disciplines. Love God with your whole heart and love one another. Work hard at it. Yearn for deeper communion in God's presence. Delight. In Him. It's truly my prayer for all of us this week that we might spend a little bit more time leaning a little closer, lingering a little longer, loving a little deeper, as we remove the camouflage and live boldly, as we live authentically and confidently as Christ's image bearers. Let it be so in the mighty name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God of perfect love, you call me to be perfect holy, even as you are holy. God, that's a monumental claim upon my life. I want you to know this morning that I will strive to open my life to the transforming power of your perfecting love. My prayer is that I might become daily more and more like Jesus, your son. I know that I won't ever be free from ignorance or mistakes or temptation. But your unconditional love is perfect. You call me to develop such a close and loving relationship with you that I would never want to do anything to separate myself from that love or to withhold it from anyone else. So I pray sincerely that the blood of Christ might cleanse me from all sin I know that you're ready to forgive all the darkness of my past and that you're able to fill my heart with your life-transforming spirit. I pray that you will also free me from those thoughts and desires that are contrary to your love. I want to be clean, not only on the outside, but in the inside. Your love, O Christ must rule alone on the throne of my heart. Purify me from pride, self-will, anger, bitterness, and resentment. Grant me courage to press on toward the mark for the prize of your high calling in Jesus Christ. I can't make it on my own, yet you have made me your own. Make me mature. Make me fully whole and complete in him through the power of your spirit and perfect me in love. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.